0: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christos Harjavi Merelots. Christ is risen from the dead. I'm not just warming up the crowd here, although I am doing that. I also intend to make this statement, this simple but profound statement of our Easter greeting the topic of today's sermon. Like any greeting, like, how are you, it's used so formally that it can lose its meaning. It can become part of the furniture that you never notice. But there's a big difference when you say, how are you, like, hey, and when you actually mean, how are you? Today my goal is to help us redeem Christ is risen from the dead, Christos, harjavi Merilots, from a -a once-a-year spiritual hay between God and others to recover its depth as a life phrase that can guide us on our way for a healthy and joyful Christian life. Am I asking too much of these six words, Christ is risen from the dead, to make so much out of it? Well, the famous bishop and missionary responsible for converting most of South India, his name was Bishop Newbigin of the Scott, Scottish Church. One day a reporter following this great man's struggles and triumphs in his missionary work asked him if he was an optimist or a pessimist. And he said, I'm neither an optimist nor a pessimist. Christ is risen from the dead. I'm neither an optimist nor a pessimist. Christ is risen from the dead. Think about that. I think the wise bishop put his finger on something here. Let's start with the two main perspectives, optimism and pessimism, which color our lives, our work, and relationships. Our optimistic side believes that for all its struggles, life eventually moves toward the good and our lives are to be spent seeking that good for ourselves and others. Let's never forget that this life and everything in it was created by God and he said, called it good. Page one of your Bibles. So optimism about life is from God and of God, and Jesus was certainly optimistic, especially like all of us when we start out His first public words were a jaw-dropping statement of optimism about changing the world for the better. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he said, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to let the oppressed go free. Jesus made good headway in healing the sick and lifting up the downtrodden and he wants us to continue his work in our ministry as a church to all who are in need but alas even though optimism is to be a pillar of our Christian lives it can't stand alone because any of you who have spent more than two decades perhaps in this world soon finds that there's stark limits to the good we can achieve The power of evil and sin is real and powerful enough to make anyone a pessimist. Try to make a change for good in this world, in your family, or even yourself, and you will be opposed by the most powerful forces. All things seem at war with themselves between good and evil. Our good selves, our bad selves. That's what St. Paul said with great honesty and insight. When he said, I have the desire to do what is good, but I can't carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to, but the evil I do not want to do. We need such pessimism or realism because without it, good intentions have no chance of making headway in this broken and sinful world. Jesus was a stark realist in addition to an optimist. He advises his disciples, see, I'm sending you out like sheep amidst the wolves, so be as wise as serpents, be as wise as serpents, and as innocent as innocent as doves. Jesus does not want any of us to be surprised or overcome by evil. When we're young, we're surprised by the bad. Jesus wants us to grow, to be strong enough to look evil in the eye. So what is our answer then? To live a good life, are we to be a bit of an optimist and a bit of a pessimist, seemingly like Jesus? Did the ancient Greeks have it right, that life is all about balance, it's about finding the golden mean? Well, that's not what our dear bishop said, and that's not really how Jesus ultimately lived. Our bishop said, I'm neither an optimist nor a pessimist. Christ is risen from the dead. And here now, the world's wisdom leaves off, and something greater rises in its place. Now we follow Jesus to the end of his worldly ministry, and with him through Holy Week, Holy Week, where all this talk of balances and virtues are turned upside down by the cross. On Palm Sunday, last week, Jesus Jesus entered the city in triumph, bearing all the optimism and the hopes of a persecuted people that he was going to save them politically. Their strong men had come, but he brings their hopes to die on the cross so that he could reveal to them a still greater hope. Christ is risen from the dead. On Good Friday, Jesus endured the most pessimistic side of humankind, betrayal and torture. He brings this pessimism to die on the cross, saying, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Christ is risen from the dead. Early this morning, on Easter Sunday, Jesus appeared to his disciples. The optimists thought Jesus was back back to fix things right now. The pessimists didn't think it was possible. They didn't think it was Him. Both are right and both are wrong. Christ is risen from the dead. Christos harjavi merelots, orsnale harutunen Christosi.